Count us off, Brandon. Three, two, one. Brendo, 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 Brendo. Wherefore the Brendo man comes? Comedy contest, oppression and funds. Wherefore the Brendo man comes? Comedy contest, oppression and funds. Comedy contest, comedy crashly. Consulting company. Good enough. Hey, it's live. You're the one that knows that last bit. Shut up. Anyway, what is this? Why do we do that, Brendan? This is Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. I'm his brother. And we have a guest. Not singing along. No. Not even. Never. Never. That's okay. Uh, we give you the option. Yeah. It's uh, Dan Weber. It's here. Dan Weber. He doesn't even need to introduce himself. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, yeah, for sure I do. Uh, Portland Comedy's disappointed uncle yep. by his own words yep. disappointed uncle yeah for sure I read that that post Dan Weber he's a legend he's done the contest how many times this is uh, number eight I eight think. out of ten, out right of up, ten. you guys are right up there yeah I didn't do the very first one and I didn't do the one while I was in Chicago oh I I, I did it twice when I lived in Seattle but I had you would still. You mean you had ties to Portland? I, would, I was just. I always feel bad when some people are like I live in Vancouver. I can't do the contest. I'm like, eh, it's not like that. Yeah, you totally can talk do the to contest. Stephanie Alberto. She does great in the contest. Yeah, and represented Vancouver very well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I actually. Anyway, that's that's somebody that I, I really enjoyed the jokes that they wrote. They wrote really great jokes, Good. and they didn't really they didn't go out that much, but somehow they were able to like kill it. They were like, I had a Stephanie Alberta round, and I was like, I'm glad because like, oh, I reference at the time I was living in Vancouver, so I was like, yes, I have some references, and I did this great rant about be, not being offered a job as a school guidance counselor in Battleground, so it went over very well with that Vancouver crowd that she brought in. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, contest memories, Dan. You know, uh, not every year, but every now and again, he kind of oh, he just drops these wisdom bombs. And because uh, the contest means a lot, but it shouldn't. Like, why did you first do the contest all those contests ago? Well, I mean, <clears throat> before you're when you're first starting out, uh, like everybody else, I was delusional about how good I was. I thought I had a legitimate, like a g- legitimate chance to win, right? Which I did not. Uh, it, 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 as I, as I, as it went on, I realized like there's no way. So I was really nervous about it. I wanted to do, I wanted to do well. I felt like a lot of things were on the line or whatever. And then, I don't know, two and or three years. It's your first contest and you draw the bullet and you're still like, I think I got a chance. Oh, uh, no. year, your first year you do a bullet? Uh, I don't. I don't think you I drew do. a bullet for your semifinal. Spoiler: He advanced. Drew the semifinal bullet for yeah. the second year in a row. I want to say fourth. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Semifinal bullet, man. Yeah, uh, but uh, I mean that's why. Actually, I took the bullet. I think the second year that I did the my second time doing the contest in the first round. In the first round, and I and I bombed like really hard, and then I started doing. I started. Uh, asking to take the bullet at every open mic in the city. Because I was like, I don't want that to happen again. 
Oh yeah. So, so I, that's how you became the Bullet Man. Yeah, I just started. Man, I, man. I just started asking to do it, and then it turns out nobody else wanted to, and so I got used to doing it, and now it's not any big deal at all. Yeah. But I mean, it took it took about six months of kind of eating shit and being nervous, and all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, this doesn't mean fucking anything. Good, good move for an older comic because you started when you were what. 39? 41. 41? Yeah. Uh, I'm almost at the age where you started comedy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Uh, but also taking the bullet when you're old has its advantages. Because <laughs> you can go home sooner if you want. Or get to the next mic sooner. Um, back then I would stay. Yeah. Or I would go to another mic. And then if whatever the last mic was, I would just stay till the end. I mean, some of them, back then, I wouldn't be able to take the bullet but like a couple of years after that, like I could, I could just say, I'm taking the bullet, and nobody would fucking say different. They're like nobody else really wants to, and why not? Has anyone ever, um, has anyone ever like been like, no, no, I want the bullet? And like, eh, there's a take few, it, cool th- for there, it. there's a few people that have wanted to do it, um, but legitimately, no one. I've never met another person. Who was doing it specifically because it was so hard to do, and they no, needed to get over that hump? It's a great, it's a great philosophy. philosophy. Like yeah. at our mic at Sookie's, quick plug, yeah, Sookie's open mic now back every Tuesday. Uh, we we didn't know like if we had the first person there last week, and like jokingly, like I would go up to like randos who were on the list, like, do you want to go first? And the common response is no. Yeah. They like laughed. They're like, they're like, hey, next time you can do the bullet. And they're like, no, I would never. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some weird, I mean, it is, uh, I, and I understand why, you know, no one's I, advanced from the bullet in a contest that in this contest this year, but that uh, no, not yet, but who knows? Uh, I think I still, I think I still have an outside chance to advance to the finals, I hope, but yeah. you know, whatever. I, I mean, as I said in that post, it's not, it's not that important, nor does it really reflect on, on me literally in any way like like even if even if i don't advance in the contest to the finals there's at least like a half or maybe more of the people in that semifinal round that yeah. if we did a show they would not be able to follow me they would get they would bomb their ass off if they followed me in an actual show so that's that i don't care like it's just like, like this is this does not mean much at all. And I have a feeling you're at kind of the zen phase of your comedy career where it's like, if you don't make the semifinals or if, God forbid, well, you got balanced in the first round, for you is almost like, oh, well, good. My contest is over early this year. It's almost a relief. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Like, it, yeah. And now it's like, it's like, good news, you're still in the contest, but that means there's weeks of more contests. I mean, but, you know, because it doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me that much anymore. I mean, it would stress me out like six years ago. Are you stressed out, Brenda? Your first contest heat's coming up. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, just you, I'm just here to have fun. Yeah. I don't know. I get nervous. I'm I mean, trying you to get I'm, me all psyched up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like, like bleed that attitude out to other people, like to make sure that they know, like this, this doesn't really, this has no bearing on you as a person. Who knows why? If you put, yeah, it's like, if you put any weight on it, it's you asking for the weight. 
You yeah. know, like, yeah. you know, we'll get into it, but there, I mean, it's like, would you rather, would you rather advance to the semifinals and be somebody who your peers are like, yeah, I don't know, good for them. Or would you rather be the person who's like, man, they did the preliminary set and it was one of the craziest sets I've ever seen. They went a little over, but you know, like that's better. You have your peers talking about your set for oh, yeah. a week. No, I, I think and getting it, you booked locally because of Randy's great tapes. You know, yeah, that's for sure. I, I think, I think that's both of them have equal value in my mind. I, I do think that if you, if you do well, everyone knows like there is, there yeah. was the one year that like, uh, Anthony Lopez didn't go through the first round, and he had a monster set. He oh. crushed it. Was he doing the Ninja Turtles still? I don't know if he did that one. Or he has more. He's done so. I think oh, he, he had the, one year he went to the finals on a one story bit, which was yeah. great. That yeah, was I think I think that year he was doing like the whiskey shirt. Mm. Um, Anthony Lopez. Shout Anthony Lopez. Shout out uh, one of the one of the best comics that I've met in Portland. Like very funny guy. <clears throat> he didn't go through the final there to the second round, and there was a lot of like people had a lot of conspiracies or whatever, and I don't really care about that. No, but he let it affect him really hard, and I and I, I see people quit after too yeah. many years of failure. Yeah, and I I um I I, to frame I, it I don't want way. I don't want yeah he I don't want to I don't want anyone to do that. No, like like because I I legitimately like he came back to do the the last open mic before the contest started at Helium this like a month and a half ago oh yeah and he came back and he fucking crushed and I was like dude you please come back like if I, I just want everyone to be funny yeah because I go to open mics I want I want it would be great to me if every person at every open mic smashed the room apart that would be amazing because then we'd have like tons of pe- people. Like Suki's would have like a line out around the block, just like it did this Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> when some of our core core members didn't didn't do a victory lap. But that's all right. Yeah, you guys got cool stuff. I mean, well, yeah, like, I think I think it was like the first two a.m. night at High Dive, so like people were out late. On Monday, on and Monday, I, and yeah. I think the Suki's mic suffered because of that. Yeah, I well, mean, and 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 there was like a lot of like comedians I think wanted to go to the show to watch you, and and it was a well. Let's jump into it. You know, Dan's yeah. here. He was in night seven, night seven, yeah. which was uh, Tuesday of this yeah, week. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Uh, you know, Brent and I were were not there because we were at Suki's. We were in Suki's hell. We were in a prison of our own creation. That's true. Uh, we reinstated that mic, of course, when we rebooted it. Who took the bullet? We, we did as hosts. We did together. And without, we, you didn't tell me. We and, we, then we did, <laughs> and Dan took the bullet, did the first one. Anyway, uh, but Dan was busy. Uh, heck. Oh, you probably, that probably annoys you. Headlining? Headlining. No, I went last. Went last. There's a difference. Went 12 out Headliners of, get paid. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Headliners get paid a lot. Uh, but because we were there, you know, I mean, this to me was one of the like, well, I could have predicted that night's. You know, Dan Weber advanced, um, Ben Harkins advanced. Um, I'm partial. Michael Phelps, friend of the house, because he lives next door, mm-hmm. uh, asked him to be on the podcast tonight. Said he had band practice. Michael Phelps advanced. The Seventh Avenue crew is yeah. in effect. Yeah, he he had a really good set. Uh, Did he do his boomerang bit? I don't think it did. 
No, that was something he just that came up joke. with over the weekend. No, he, he didn't do that. He was like, I got a new bit about a boomerang, and we were carpooling on the way to the garages, and I was like, boomerang, huh? Well, better have a callback, because it's a boomerang thing. <laughs> and uh, it did very well at the garage. I was like, you going to put it in your contest set? He's like, no. And I'm then he got heckled at the high dive. Doing it. So Yeah, but I mean, a high dive, high dive's a, high dive's... Aptly named. Yeah, it's it's a anyway. It, um, high dive is one of those places where there's a lot of people, and you feel like you should be able to do well, but almost no one ever does. <laughs> it's a very difficult mic to do, and you have to when you're doing it, you have to get used to getting no laughs from a room full of people. It's weird. I don't know why that happens, but that's just the way it is. It's a good mic. It's a great hang. There's more patio space. Oh, my they God, have yeah. Two bartenders. It's a great mic. Yeah. Good shout-out to Ian, dude. Yeah. I don't know how he mic. does that by himself. That's nuts. And because he started a DJ, he gets paid good for an open mic host there. Because yeah. some fuckers do it for free. Don't do that. Get paid. Or <laughs> yeah. just do what you love. You do should you get... Love. I mean, get paid if you can. Get paid if you can. I mean, you should see what they pay karaoke DJs. Oh, yeah. A lot. Uh, so just compare your... Not healthy to compare your worth to a KJ's earnings. <laughs> uh, some folks have made the transition from KJ to comedy f- very seamlessly. It's a yeah. great, great pivot. But on, on that other night, you know, the other... I mean, you know, I got my ear to ground. You know, I, I heard uh, one of my good friends, James, did... Uh, did a hot room bit? Did the did the yeah the, the hot crowd? It's a he did a hot crowd. It's a five minute kind of what we call sandbox playground bits where he he just fucks around. Can you explain to it? I wasn't there. I, I'm familiar with the bit. I mean, yeah, it's just him going up, and he just uh, hot crowd. Tonight. He just says hot crowd, and then hot he goes. Crowd. Then he just like keeps spiraling down. It keeps like escalating. Where he's like, you're a hot, spicy crowd. Oh, you want to fuck me? Like it's just shit like that, and then and then and then so it, it hits, and then he goes, he does a real crazy bit about uh, like a chunk of it is about like this guy yelling at his his uh, underling that's like in the office below, and they're they're like fighting a giant monster, and then he pauses for a second, and he's like. So yeah, good crowd. Like you just like, and it, I mean, it's. It, I heard the uh, the the comics, the comics in the back loved it. Some of the audience loved it. Some of the other non-comic audience was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I mean, and that's to be expected. That's to be expected from that. I I think uh, he's one of those guys where you know Hartenfeld, you'll see him either like get an open mic, either destroy. Or, like, get dead silent. I've seen him do five minutes on queefing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just, he does whatever, he's just doing whatever he wants. And I, and I think that there's something, there's something valuable about that. Like, just going up and just being like, I'm just gonna be, this is just me, I'm a legitimately weird person. Yes. I'm just gonna go up and be a legitimately weird person. And that's totally fine. I mean, it works, it's sort of like, he's sort of like, uh, uh, um, the very beginnings of Simon Gibson. Mm. Yeah. Simon has, Simon kind of has that same vibe, except Simon has it more like, he's actually more, uh, he does the same things. It just looks like he's going crazy. Yes. And so Hardenfeld needs to, to, to do that in order to get to the next level. If he even cares to, I don't even know if he gives a shit. 
Um, I, what I love about James is, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like, well, what other comedy tools are they bringing to the table? And it may not be obvious to, obviously, audience members aren't familiar with James Hartenfield, but like, he's a sketch comedy guy. So like, when he's when he's imagining, you know, a stand up set, he's also kind of has like this storyteller's point of view, but almost also like, you know, he's thinking about, you know, how the audience. Is, He's thinking about alienation, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. No, I I like it. I love it. I love it. And I would say, I heard this, so he did that hot crowd bit, and right kind of on the heels of that, right after him, was... Harkins. Harkins, who opened with... Yeah, yeah. He opened with Great Crowd. And it, and it I mean, that... Good reset. That's a pro move. That's a reset. Oh, dude, he detonated the room. Like, the, the like, uh, yeah, he... He did that, and then he... I mean, he had to pause for, like, ten seconds. Like, he paused for a really long time. Yeah, it's like, me, six years ago, if I saw somebody in my round, like it is this year, like, if I saw, like, oh, I'm going... Uh, I have to follow Dylan Carlino, I would have been like, fuck, I don't want to follow that. But it's kind of like, yeah, if, like, <laughs> I'd rather follow someone who, like, got the crowd fucking sight. Yeah. Then be like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I I understand. I get it. I I would way prefer at this point in comedy to follow somebody who crushes. Like one of the best follows we saw all contest was uh, I don't know if you were there for Bowie Mania. I was not there for that. <laughs> so this dude, I don't know if you heard about it. We love him. He's just gonna say, you know, we have sources. Fact, he had you know thirty plus on his guest list, which is which is supposed to do that. That's your job. But I've never seen this in nine years of contests. I guess they're on the tenth one now. The audience knows the order. The previous comic ended. Posse was ch- just changing the mics out, and the audience—they were going nuts. And I, I was kind of looking, making notes. And I turned around like, "What did Posse do? Did he whip out his dick? Because he hasn't even said." But the audience was like, "They just couldn't wait." And it's suited <laughs> anyway. It was crazy. But the best follow of the contest was. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Ryan, Kelly Ryan was like, did the whole give it up for Bowie, you know, some and just like just the perfect short, like acknowledged it, yeah, kept it up, and then just twenty punchlines in ninety seconds, and just yeah. destroyed. Yeah, Kelly Ryan's a very funny, a very funny lady for sure. That's awesome. Um, so, what yeah. what did Ben end up working on? Did he do Did he do, do five minutes of pizza? That's no, he did that. not do that joke. He did instead. The joke about um, about uh, the Dollar Tree. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the crowd ate it up. He ended it by saying, "You know, you're a really great crowd that fucking that blew the roof off the place again." Um, yeah, he had a really great set. Oh, so he called back to hot crowd. Wow, mm. James. I hope Ben buys you some weed or something. <laughs> Not that you needed it. He, he did. He did what you should. I remember one year I, I ended on a Spanish. The first year I, I did this Beastie Boys Spanglish bit. Sure. And I was like, dude, that was the best it's ever done. I probably have been doing it for like three weeks, so of course. And Shane Torres followed me, <laughs> and he opened with some quick Shane Torres like, well, that white kid was kind of racist. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And of I was course. Like, I was making fun of monolingualism in a way. I, I'm going back to the woodshed, um, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ben deserved it, and then uh, one of our favorites, Rochelle, went up. Rochelle, Rochelle Cochran, uh, who 
is amazing, but you know, Herd, Herd went long. A couple comics went long. That, um, yeah. Um, and that happens. You can have good sets and go long. Just makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I liked it when I went long because I could tell myself the, the biggest lie in PFP is the reason why I didn't advance was yeah, I went long. Yeah, I, I ran the light. Which I, I, I've said that to myself at least twice. Um, yeah. And uh, that wasn't the reason. <laughs> uh, not at all. Um, and then Michael Phelps. Michael he Phelps. He did it. Yeah. He's probably leaving the light on. Motel 6 and we'll have him on. He did that one for sure. And he did all this stuff about the uh, homeless outreach. And uh, like pulling up in a white van and being like, hey, to a schizo- paranoid schizophrenic, and like, hey, I just need some of your personal information. Don't it's worry. Don't worry, it's, it's for the government. It's for the government. <laughs> yeah, it's so, I mean, that's a very good joke. And what I like about Michael is I think he's leaned into, like, he, he earns the audience's approval by, you know, I think that bit opens with him explaining and, and getting laughs about, like, oh, I, I work for, for homeless people. Like, that's a good way to get the crowd on your side yeah, yeah. in Portland. And yeah. he has some funny jokes. Like, in a way, they pay my rent. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It, yeah, it, I mean, those are good jokes. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Julia Corral. Yeah. Who had a really great set. Um, great set. Probably one of my favorite comics that started, you know, relatively close to pandemic. the pandemic. Yeah. And so has probably been waiting a, a year solid for this. Yeah, yeah, she's really good. I've seen and her a lot. And she had too uh, much funny tonight. She had too much. Yeah. Um, but, she, hey, uh, we got two good tapes out of it. Yeah. That's long enough. Oh no, she. I mean, she only ran the light by like four or five seconds, but it was enough. That's enough on a close night. Yep. Well, it was fucking wild night Tuesday. I mean, we don't talk about everybody because we weren't there, and there are some shitheads in there that we best not talk about because fuck. I them. have no desire to speak of some of the other people in that round. Uh, but, uh, oh, I want to give a shout out one one quick shout out to uh, Adam Craven, who was uh, went second, um, and uh, I I've seen them. They just they. They barely started doing comedy. Like I don't even know if it's a year, a uh, year and a half. Um, but really? but uh, they had a really great set too that night. The crowd, honestly, um, that's one of the best crowds I've been in front of in like a, in a minute, in like two or three years. It Easy. was the um, the first. You now have ten comps. comps night of the contest. Yeah, and that helps. They helped. Yeah, everybody. It helped tonight. It kind of like I would feel me as like I think I'm at the minimum going next week after it's full full capacity I'm like well I'm gonna get a better tape now and I have more comps yeah sorry if you went before this week you yeah. still got great tapes most of yeah. them yeah I definitely got a good tape and I'm glad uh, the two of the three jokes that I told I didn't have on tape before I didn't have on video so and now you have a fresh tape now I've got a I've got a tape of them and they're they're both like I, I was a little concerned when I went up because I, I changed the punchline on my first joke that day. Like, I was like, oh, I I think this will work better. So I just tried it. But you didn't it. have a time to do it in a mic? You just... No, I just tried it. Uh, and then I did uh, a joke about Man, anti-vaxxers you're... and autism. Uh-huh. And then I did the joke about uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And I was, I was, when I was, I was standing in the back in the, in the green room, and I was like, is this really the best idea? Because those are all kind of controversial jokes. So I don't want to... I may alienate What's some of the What's controversial about Kobe Bryant? <laughs> is it because there's because Pro Blazers fans in the audience? Uh, no, because I, I talk about Kobe Bryant's death. Uh, 
Um, I don't know if you've heard the joke or not, but anyway. Well, maybe uh, I'll have to, you have to check out Dan set in the semifinals yeah. where he probably can have room will, for a couple more tags. Yeah. Um, but I did it anyway because it's what I wanted to do. And it and paid it, off. And it paid off. Yeah. They, you got it on tape. A great tape. Yeah. Yeah, your Kobe Bryant joke is really good. I've seen some bad Kobe Bryant jokes. Yeah, that's why uh, I I wrote that joke. I wrote that. Hair. I wrote that joke. Yeah, I wrote that joke the day after I found out he. I found the day day of his death. The next day, I didn't do it at Helium for another week because I needed. You know, I just wasn't like I'm not doing it this day. And and when I did it uh, the first time at Helium, like the crowd went dead silent. So I mentioned Kobe Bryant's death because so many people, had, like he said, like Brandon said, there's so many bad, shitty jokes about his death. And so I did, I, the crowd went dead silent and I was like, oh, because I, I had never done it before. This was the first time I was going to do it in public. And so I did that and then I did the punchline and it fucking blew the roof off the place. And I was like, all right, I know. Because every because it's, it's like this, it's because it, it just makes set. everybody everybody gets tense when I when I when I mention yeah because it. it's like oh, bigger release with the more tension because at the at last night when in the contest when I said you know I'm starting Michael Jordan psychotically competitive uh, that's why no one was more sad than Michael Jordan when Kobe Bryant died and when I said that that line the crowd who had been loud the whole time. Dead silence, like absolute silence. And then I was like, because if you don't remember, he died in a helicopter accident. So now Michael Jordan can't die in his sleep. And as soon as I say that, the crowd goes fucking ape shit. It's it's probably I mean it's legitimately one of the crowd the, the jokes I'm most proud of. The first time I did it, Ian Carmel was in the audience and he came in and he's like, "Man, I can't. I'm, I'm glad you did it." Nick was like. When you started that joke, I was worried. Like he he thought I was going to do something shitty. Like everybody didn't know, yeah, and they were like, the "Yeah." But it's a it's a it's a, a joke that I feel is like uh, legitimately a good one. It's a good one. I'm glad. Um, eight years in, Dan got Kobe Bryant's death, and not two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have touched it two years in. Actually, I probably would have and done it very poorly. I just said something horrible because that's what I did back then. You we're at this age now in comedy where we, I've seen. Have you seen a comedian who maybe like under three years in they do a joke and you're like, oh, come back to it in like two more years. <laughs> Please revisit this topic. Please revisit the bridge to Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite Dan Weber joke. Oh man, I haven't done that one. I haven't. I that reminds. I should bring that one back. There you go. I haven't done it in a really long time. That actually screwed me in the contest. I'm sorry. Well, maybe maybe not for the semifinals. No, (laughs) I haven't. Like I said, (laughs) I I don't even really remember. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to figure out how to do it. But I. I mean, I. Yeah, I like that joke too. Well, hey, quick quick commercial break before we jump into uh, our favorite visual recurring segment. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon Hard Coffee, <laughs> which uh, I, I tried one sip of it. I couldn't. It's disgusting. I brought a four pack camping. We were with a dozen people, all vaccinated. Um, no one wanted. No one wanted it. I came home with three of them. Yeah, of course. Still have one. Offered it to Dan. Dan said no, but he did say hot tip from a courtesy of his sister. Yeah. 
It's uh, good with vodka. Good with vodka. Call that uh, white, white, white trash. Well, we got slide. some, and we got some vodka, so maybe mm. we'll try it later. The PFPP podcast brought to you by Paps Blue Ribbon White Trash Polkas. <laughs> uh, and here we are with uh, Hot Shot Headshots, our favorite. Where we this is loyal listeners know that this is the time to go to Helium's website, not the Philadelphia one. Three clicks from there, you can probably find... Saheliumpresents.com. You can find all these smiling faces, dozens yeah. and dozens of faces smiling at you. We like to acknowledge some of our favorite smiling faces. Uh, my hot shot, headshot uh, of the week, uh, this week, is uh, Hannah SK, who yeah. performed tonight. We're doing six and seven, or seven and eight combined. Uh, I just thought... Uh, I appreciate um, this headshot because she looks like it reminds. It's like nostalgic because it's obviously a selfie, but it's a good one. It's like yeah. it's like a top shelf MySpace yeah. uh, selfie, and I was like, "That's all I need." And I also didn't advance tonight, um, but I, I thought she had a great set, and I was like, "Man, her transplant jokes." I mean, she's talking about. Uh, trash in Austin. About trash in Austin, which yeah. I love. Comparing Austin to Portland, I, I loved it. I yeah, loved it. hot I, shot, headshot, Hannah SK. Uh, yeah, she, Hannah had a great set, especially because uh, that was the first time they'd done comedy in a year and a half. Oh, shit, I would have given her three extra. It's not that it matters. Yeah, but, um, yeah, they, they hadn't they hadn't performed in a long time. I don't think they ever even went to the uh, uh, the fucking. Gravel lot, Mike. The Mark. gravel lot, which we never ventured. Well, she said she was busy homeschooling her kids. Homeschooling three kids, Dan. Give her a break for not coming out to the parking lot. <laughs> for the no, I mean I'm not. I'm not. It's not. I know. Yeah, it's just more like they did really good. What do you have as a hot shot, Brendo? Um, I've got Rochelle, Rochelle Cochran, because oh. she's kind popping of the collar, like, popping the collar, wearing a money shirt, a shirt of money. She's just kind of like, hey, I, good look. I've never said this out loud because I don't. I don't think Rochelle w- w- would want this opinion, you know, even thought about. But I've always thought Rochelle loves Prince patterns. She loves. She she rocks a fanny pack. Um, she kind of dresses like me, <laughs> but pulls it off way better. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So she is yeah. my style inspiration. Yeah, um, and she's doing it better. Um, you know, if this was who wore it better, and you had to do the percentage, it would be like ninety nine percent. Yeah, it is a Carson shirt. See, I would but say. she's doing a lot more with it than I can. Yeah, I I I missed her set only because I was in the green room waiting to go up, so I, I could hear it, but I wasn't I wasn't think I wasn't concentrating. I watched everybody else's set for yeah. the for the round I was in. She's a musician. She's got you know she's dropping singles. She's got a lot going on. Yeah, she should be fine. She's very entertaining. Uh, Dan Dan's hot shot headshot. Uh, I think it was, it was Julia Corral. Oh, classic. She's on the phone. She's on the a phone. landline phone. Yeah, which is weird uh, all the way around. But I mean, really, it's just because I wanted to give her uh, a shout out for having done so well. <laughs> But her her face is like, oh me? It's a great headshot. Yeah. Um, keep it. Um, love it. Well, it just ended. Night eight. Yep. Um This was like the highest like consistent scores. Full capacity helps. Yeah, there's a lot of laughs. When the upper deck is full, 
when there's like more than eight comedians in the crowd, yeah, it helps. Yeah, it's a fucking wild night, man. I mean, and whew, and it, it opened with one of two teachers. Yeah, yeah, two teachers, Andy Clark, who yep. who uh, did well. Considered once again, like he's somebody that didn't perform a lot during the pandemic. For a lot yeah, of reasons. Yeah, he said a, a couple gravel mics. Yeah, and so, you know, considering that, like, he yeah. really did very well. And he's always done well. Like, he's been very consistent in the in the contest um, for, like, I think I think he might have done as many as you have. I think he's been in it every time. He's not even, he wasn't even old enough to do the contest when he started, no. <laughs> What's that? I, I don't think he's been around as long as I have. He was doing. This is, stuff your, this with, is your acid brain. You no, know, no. You I think he's been. I think he was doing shit with. Uh, I'll with, ask him. Yeah, I, he's gonna I, be I, on I, here. Yeah, on the pod. I think if I mean it's been a while. He's been doing it for a minute, but yeah. I, I want to say that I saw him in the finals, the first year, but I might not have. I don't know. Might I might be. You're right. Acid Brain may have kicked in. And Acid I, Brain made Andy Clark a finalist in 2012, apparently. Yeah. Or no, you said the first one? You first one, yeah. The, with the Ian Carmel one? Yeah. Andy Clark was in that one? I believe and so. And made the finals? Yeah. <laughs> That's a bold claim. I love it. We'll find out. Well, there's like a, there was a good a, set. And he told me that, you know, he... Uh, it will get to the other teacher, uh, Don, Mr. G... Uh, it was a Mr. G crowd tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Andy was like, I don't tell anybody at the school that I work at that I'm a, <laughs> that yeah. I'm a teacher. I was like, that, that's that's the best advice you can give a new comic. Yeah. When I worked at a school, I didn't tell my don't tell, students. Don't tell coworkers you do comedy. No, none of my coworkers know I do comedy. And that's the way. And I, because I, I've even, I've even gone so far as to be like, I don't want to, like, if, if we have a meeting, like a, like a Zoom meeting or something, I just say, I don't want to talk. So they probably think I have stage fright. But the reason I don't want to talk is because I have a tendency to say inappropriate shit just off whenever it comes to my mind. So I'm like, I just don't want to get fired. Like, yeah. I'd, like I don't want to... Yeah, I get think, in trouble in meetings. Yeah. So I just... I'd, I'd stay quiet as much as I can. Well, people... I mean, this is related to um, why on Facebook I'm Randy Two-Tone. I feel weird because it's been not my real name for so long, but it was like... I'm I'm a state employee and I work with minors. Yeah, I need to be on Facebook for a number of reasons for comedy. I want there to be a buffer. Yeah, but now I've been doing comedy so long and people are like, you know, I've like booked people through Facebook and they're kind of like I meet them and like they kind of brush. I'm like, no, no, I'm Randy. They're like, oh, hey, Randy, you're the guy paying me. Yeah, but then they have to explain them. That's not my name, and I can't explain to them. I'm like, because in comedy, like if someone has a fake name. It's kind of like, what are they running from? I'm like, no. It's like, if I change it, Facebook yeah. will make me change it to my real name. Yeah. I can't have that. Um, but yeah, anyway. Fucking Andy opened it up. And then uh, following off, you know, he opened strong. You know, he did got open a strong. Very strong opener, yeah. And yeah. Ryan Danley came out even stronger. He advanced from the two spot, which is hard some nights. Sometimes hard. audience members He have. got the crowd. He really popped it open. Boom, boom, like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of those guys. Like, it's really fun when you see somebody and when they start out, you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not sure. And then they fucking just like, like, they don't, they don't advance. They don't get better gradually. They just like, the next time you see them, they like, funny. Like, they go from, like, I don't know, to funny, like, 
within like to my mind because I don't I don't I hadn't seen him very often. Yeah. To my mind, like overnight. Well, you've seen it, but you haven't seen his jokes that you kind of have sort of memorized in this weird way through osmosis. You haven't seen those jokes in front of a crowd like tonight. No, I ever. Wa- no, I watched. I, I've seen it. I saw him do that set. At the underbar open mic the night Which before, which is a good crowd, I hear. It's okay, but I mean, but I, I don't. <clears throat> I will say for the record, it does not matter to me how much the crowd laughs, mm. to whether I think you did a uh, had a good set or not. Okay, like if if I like the jokes that you told, I will tell you you had a good set, even if the audience didn't like it. And then you'd be like, well, if no one liked it. I'm like, well, they were stupid. Like. That was a good set. Audiences are stupid. Sometimes, yeah. Because uh, people are not yeah. great. I mean, you know, they, I, I've seen so much comedy now that, like, I'm, I'm much harder, like, to get a laugh out of, for sure. Ugh, it's hard. It's hard. But, uh, but yeah, he had a he had a legitimately good set uh, Monday night, and then he did it I again. Mean, if the last words out of your mouth of your set were. Like some kind of no, it's a it's a uh, <laughs> cracker barrel and Frank. If if that is your your parting words and the audience gives you like a an eight second applause break, yeah. I try not to exaggerate. That's a long time. Yeah, you did something very good. And fuck yeah, fucking. Yeah. And I, I have a soft spot for comedy dads, comedians who are dads because I'm a dad, and so I love it. Yeah, he's great. Welcome to the semifinals, uh, Ryan yeah. Danley. Um, Still early, uh, going up third, another kind of probably would have had to bet a lot of money to make money off of betting Shane Brandon would advance. Yeah. He went up in advance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Shane is, Shane is legit. I, I still think he's one of my picks to win it all. Yeah, he's like top three for sure. Yeah, he's he's got a really good chance. He's very he's very charismatic. He's yeah, very he's active. Charisma is really good. And we he's saw him over the weekend likes. at an outdoor show. What did you think comparing what you saw at the, at the Comedy Backyard? He did some, but definitely not... He did some stuff that he didn't do at that outdoor show. What do you think, Brendo? Well, I've seen him do this exact set at like the garages. And it's... And done really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he does he does well everywhere he goes. He's yeah. funny, dude. Like, he's legit. He's legit. There's a reason why. Yeah. Um, I'm hard on him because I think I, I picked him to win everything last year, and he, he didn't. That's true. So, well, he came in third. He did come he close. Did, he did place. So. He did place. Fuck yeah. I think I think if that, that set, you're thinking very yeah, well. I think, I think he, he has a chance to win it. There's this dude... Uh, I think one of the I don't know I don't know how you would refer it, like my picks would probably be Shane Brennan, uh, uh, maybe uh, Kelly Ryan. You can pick yourself or Bruce there. Gray. No, yeah, Kelly or Bruce. Bruce Gray or yeah, here's this guy. Uh, what's his name? Johnny Sex. No, no. I know, uh, breaking I, news alert: Johnny Sex has withdrawn from the contest. That no. Was, no. Yep. No We're going to have two... Is Johnny Sex and Gabagoo. No, Derek Brown is a guy that no you got to watch Brown. for. Watch out for Derek Brown. Watch out for Where Derek is, Brown. Is he from here? He He's moved up here from L.A. Uh, he does comedy poetry, and he is a legit murderer. Like, he's been doing comedy a minute. Wednesday, July 21st. Yeah. Check out 
Derek Brown competing yeah. with uh, Lundy and Bixby and Chase. Ooh, that's a. There's so many good heats left. Uh, the and um, yeah, those two and and like for an outside chance, I, I like. Um, oh god, why can't I fucking ever remember that guy's name? I, uh, I'm too old. It sucks. Um, shit. I know who you're thinking of. I I, I know who you're thinking of. Papa Gino Gambino Acababulo. No, not that guy. Christ. You're thinking of... No. I'm just throwing out all the single name performers. No, fuck. He's already... Are they already go final? They I believe so. I believe they've already gone through. I'm looking... I'm trying to find their name now. God, they're a friend of mine. I can't believe I don't... Dylan Jenkins. Think, oh, yeah. Dylan was Jenkins. I think Jenkins has a good shot. He has a chance. And also... God, fuck. Man, I'm so tired of being 51. Uh, it's worth it, though, isn't it? No. All the wisdom that comes with it. Wisdom is overrated. I don't think so, dude. Our, our Jeremiah Coughlin. That's another guy I think could win it. Night one and and potentially Amanda Arnold. Like there's there's people that could win it. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it kind of feels like the NBA right now. It's like well, or not. There's right no now, bulls. Yeah, there's no, there's no bull. There's no bulls. No there's, Golden State. And then LeBron's out. Yeah. And so it's uh, just like And in this scenario Simon Gibson is a LeBron. LeBron's out. I don't think Simon is even doing it, yeah. No, he's not. Uh, I heard he was he was not allowed to. He's like, get, get out of here with your TV credits. I think it's like TV credits, get out of here. Really? Cuz uh <laughs> who knows, who cares if No, I mean it, I I would just say that that then my pick for Derek Marin might be a little premature cuz I believe he has TV credits. Well, we'll see if it helps. Yeah. He's very funny. I'll tell you that. I can't wait, dude. I love, I love new, new, new to me comedy. Yeah. He's definitely not new, but he's new to you. Yeah, he's new to me. Uh, and after Shane tonight, we had a little little taste of uh, the boomers. We had we had Nancy Woods. <laughs> taste who, of the boomers. She not. I thought she did great. She did yeah. great. She did great for you know I've never seen her before. She talked about Alaska. She's from Alaska. I loved. Oh yeah, she shit on. She shit on. Um, yeah, oh, Alaska a lot. What else? She was like, man. She she has some hot takes on some stuff. Though she had some she's funny like strong. old like. She's like. Twenty like, it's is easier. plenty. I thought one of her funnier lines was, "She's like, it was it was easier to be a progressive woman back then. I had a job. Well, yeah, I just had to get a job. job. Yeah." I thought that was yeah. I mean, it was. She had some legitimately good jokes. That she was had great. Some funny, like old jokes. Like I'm yeah. old. Like yeah. she just kind of made fun of herself. And that 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 Nancy did wonderful. It was great to see her. And and that led us right into the second of two teachers, Mr. G. Mr. G. Mr. G. Ah, I mean, as someone who ah, I would say maybe this is a criticism. I loved his fedora bit. Am I disappointed that he had some great, fucking great fedora material, but didn't mention ska music? I so mean... I'm disappointed in that. I mean, he doesn't look like a dude that listens to ska. <laughs> what, uh, do you, what do you think? What does he look like he listens to, Jimmy Buffett? He looks like a jazz guy or a parrot head. Or well, <laughs> I think jazz guy. I, I sat like down. I sat down, and when we were looking at the crowd, I looked around. I was like, there's two teachers here. If they both had, like... You brought their coworkers because they have big staffs, and it's like it's the summer. Maybe there's a lot of teachers out there. But I looked around, and I was like, I see a lot of shirts with Hawaiian print. This is a, I think this is a Mr. G crowd. And yeah. I was like, when I went to the Brian Wilson concert, I was like, a lot of dads in uh, yeah. 
For sure. Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Don had a great set. He had a very good set. I liked his lead material. Yeah. Because we got, because it reminded me of one summer, the one of the worst summers of my childhood. Carson and I had our own quarantine every summer where we were like on our grandparents' farm. And it's fun for like the first two weeks. By week four, we're just like, get us the fuck yeah, out of here. Northeastern New Mexico. In Northeastern Mexico, the middle of nowhere. It's kind of a farm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, by week four, we're just like, oh, fuck. So, week four, we're, like, ready to go home. And then we get this call from our mom. And they're like, school is closed for an additional month because they have to repaint because they took out all the lead paint. So, you guys get to be on the farm another month. Oh. You got to castrate cows that year. <laughs> oh, dude. A rubber band's involved. That sounds horrible. We got to go to estate sales and yeah. buy junk. Our, our grandparents are Hall of Fame hoarders. Imagine you have a farm with barns yeah. and you're retired on a fixed income. Yeah. My grandpa would, because he, he was ex-military, so he'd go to these military auctions and just buy mainframe computers. Yeah. You would have loved, loved Carson Creasy Jr. <laughs> he was a trip. Yeah. Uh, he has this theory. He, he was a he's historian. Freemason, he's a historian. He had this theory. He told me when I was like in sixth grade, just so you know, Carson, at this estate auction, I bought all the presidential papers. They're papers. I have them all. And I've read it. And I've come to the conclusion, and it's pretty much a fact now, that in the election of 1860, when Abraham Lincoln was elected under the guise of uh, campaigning on campaigning on abolition, that was when the Communist Party infiltrated the United States. And my grandpa... My seventh grade, sixth grade brain is like, are you telling me that Abraham Lincoln was a communist? Yeah. What? I love him. Rest in peace. I I don't know if Karl Marx had written anything about communism yet by the Civil War. I'm honestly, I can't say for sure. But I think that was a 1900s Conspiracy thing. theorists were so much more interesting pre-internet because they had to work so hard to get these oh, dude, crazy the conspiracy, the, the internet has ruined the conspiracy theory. Yes. QAnon in particular has made being a conspiracy... Because I used to have that character that was like the world's most extreme conspiracy theorist. <laughs> now that's... And I can't do it anymore. <laughs> First of all, you can't go far enough to be crazy enough to be unbelievable now. You got Alex Jones saying that, you know, we're trying to make frogs gay. What the fuck are you supposed to do with that? Uh, I thought Don Gavidi scored very well just in terms of overall laughs. Yeah, he did great. very prepared, and he did. He was a part of one of my uh, three uh, (laughs) contest subplots. The first one was we were sitting down, and I always had my ear to the ground. You find out Juicy Gems. This is one of Carson Greasy's Juicy Gems. One of the dudes sitting next to us said, Mr... I think my teacher's on here, which is interesting. Yeah. One of his former students, who wasn't one of his cops, was there, which was funny. Yeah. So I waited until after the show. I was like, hey, was Mr. G uh, your teacher? He's like, yeah. I was like, did you did you go here for him? He's like, no, I was just here. I was like, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> did you vote him top three? He's like, nah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what did you vote him? He's like, six. I was like, what? He's like, he failed me. Like, yeah. At first I was like, oh, he failed. No, like he got you. He's like, I deserved an F, but yeah, he got a six. <laughs> Which is not last. No, that is certainly not last. But yeah, uh, subplots. So I love contests, the subplots. Uh, which leads to the next comic, Michael Fresca. Yeah. Uh, I had never seen him before. Subplot number two is, 
I, I, I will never forget this set. You know, you get what six minutes. Yeah. He probably did five. Three of Michael's minutes. Mwah. Filet of fish. He talked about the filet of fish. He McDonald's. Really, the he McDonald's. Hit McDonald's hard. Yeah, he did a lot of. He he went pretty hard on McDonald's, but he didn't go hard enough. Because I wanted it to be exclusively about that. If if you're gonna go that weird, just go the fucking distance, man. Don't don't. If you half-ass it, then it, you you lose it. Everybody knows that it's not intentional. But if you do it for six minutes straight, by about minute four, everybody knows that this is something that you're doing to get laughs. I don't think you would get through because you'd you'd have to go through this real awkward pause part. But still, and not everybody would get it, but. I loved it, you know. There, there. Then the, the subplot number two, out of my second of three juicy gems, was there was a table in front of us. I like juicy gems. This is a juicy gem. I was losing my shit, but like I, I can't let it out loud because then I'm the guy laughing at the wrong places. And yeah. this this audience member, same thing. They were laughing into their armpit uncontrollably, and I had to show Brendan. He's like, "What? Like she's dying? She's been laughing for like a minute straight." And after she was having sh- a really hard time controlling herself, it was very <laughs> yeah. funny. But she wasn't being disruptive. <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, this is something." Like, there was this whole like sub subculture of people that were like just on board with the absurdity of that much fillet of fish content. Yeah. And after the show, I was like, "I have to ask me. I have to ask. What What was your thoughts? Like, was he a friend of yours?" He's like, "No, I just, I just didn't expect someone to talk about McDonald's." fish sandwiches that long yeah. I was like wasn't it great and she's yeah. like ah <laughs> yeah. she, she admitted kind of embarrassed like I was laughing for the wrong reason like you're a great audience member yeah that was great I loved it I, I love the fish more fish um, you, you're, you're I mean you're a bible guy sure yeah in yeah. some respects yeah when he talked about filet of fish being offered on Fridays well I read this is one of those crazy things that just stuck in my brain I don't know what I think it was for college or something that um, the Catholic Church is so crazy about that weird fish on Friday thing that at one point in time there were these missionaries and I forget wherever they I think it's Australia where are the capybaris from they're like those giant river rodents there were these Catholic missionaries and they're like listen we hate eating fish but this capybara lives in the water can we get can we get Rome to declassify this as a mammal to a fish so we can eat it on Fridays the Catholic Church wanted to reclassify the capybara as a fish just so they could eat it on Friday. <laughs> I was waiting for that punchline. I didn't get it. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Also, I'm still wondering what a capybara Big Mac would taste like. What does capybara even taste like? It's not like a rodent, it's man. It's a rodent. I don't it think would, that tastes good. It would not be good. They're also cute. I miss. I remember living... That was my, one of my favorite things about living in Wisconsin was because there's so many Lutherans... Fish fries. Friday fish fries. Yeah. And just all you can eat fish. And the place by my mom's house, it was all you can eat fish and all you can drink beer. What? So it was just like, That's yeah. Idea. That is that is reckless and <laughs> insane. Also very Wisconsin. Very, yeah, Wisconsin. It was like shitty like high life, but it was beer. Dude, too. whatever. It's free. Uh, so after I had all the filet of fish I could eat, uh, in comes friend of the podcast, previous guest... Previous guest. Insider, Helium Insider, James Bosquez, who had the best set I've ever seen him have. Yeah, it was a great set. And I've seen him in advance before, and I like this set better. I was like, he figured out what Portland audiences want without... He just was like, oh, 
I'm going to shit on Portland, but all, it was so good all the way through. Yeah, he he did a lot of new stuff. His Latinx comment was very no, funny. Portland yeah. want because Portland wants to like be mindful of that, but to, to 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 have to give Portland the opportunity to laugh at that, yeah, uh, was a gift. Yeah, it was a gift. And his jokes about doing yard work is yeah. made sounds really funny. Yeah, the the um, the disappointed parent bingo. Signature James Bosquez move is at least one solid mid to late nineties music reference and he got in a blues traveler reference. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's on brand, he's doing it. He in my laughs uh, in my kind of adjusted laugh score, he was like right there, like tied. He was at Shane. the top tied with uh, I had him tied with uh, I had him tied with Shane. Don. Don got a lot of laughs. Yeah. So uh, yeah, James that was a really great set from James for sure. And then, then uh, following James, fucking one of my favorite, you know, guys has been working hard. Uh, DWMG Drew Wilson McGrath. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had a good pace, uh, and then saw the red light and uh, bounced. Um, I think he left at least forty-five seconds on the table. You didn't need to use it. Maybe. Um, I think. I think for Drew. He did great. It was a really great set. Um, and once again, he kind of did the same thing you were talking about with Bosquez. Like he's talking about having two lesbian moms and how they're they're tough and they can. Yeah, let's, blah, blah. I think he might have had an order of operations. I love Drew, so this is not shit. It's like, hey man, I love him. I love those bits, but I just think not even you know making suggestions, but just switch the order, right? If the audience knows that. You were raised by two lesbians before you say like I look like a lesbian. They might like you better. That is in true. Portland. That is, I mean, that that is an accurate statement. I think he, I think he busts that out too soon. Um, but he one of the things, a lot of punchlines and tapes. I like to. Yeah, see. one one of the things that I was happy about, or for him, um, up in like for the I, you know, I've been out a lot in the last like two or three months. And I'd seen Drew do sets where he was like too angry. Like I, I tried to, because I, I, I mean, I had the same problem when I first started. Did you have an anger problem? <laughs> yeah, right. It's hard to believe. <laughs> but uh, but he would like. I was just like, man, you you need to tone that back, dial it back just a little bit. You can still be angry, but you don't have to look like you're pissed off. And he he managed he managed to slot it. He hit that sweet spot tonight, which was nice. I like to I like to see that. I uh, hope he keeps up that his his stage persona that he did tonight for like yeah. the rest he of it. He found it. He, he, he's definitely like he. As I said, like when I got back into comedy post vaccination, uh, post pandemic, pre vaccine, PPPP, um, I was like, wow, Drew turned a page, like a big one. Yeah, he uh, got he got a lot funnier yeah. for sure. Uh, and then our uh, our headliner Hannah SK, my hot shot headshot. Um, I, I already praised. I, I love transplant humor. Being a transplant myself, yeah, I love comics that take the piss out of Austin. I love it. Yeah, and yeah, so look, she was right on the bubble there. Like as far as like she was right with everybody else as far as the laughs. She's right there. Yeah, the uh, this round. Um, they did what they're supposed to do, which is make it hard for the audience to yeah, decide. Yeah, really hard. And it, you know, I would say, well, I don't know. The, if it's closer, it's gonna. Sometimes it takes longer. There wasn't. There was only nine comics, but I think still for the nine comics, 
It was close. It was probably pretty close. I had a bunch of ties. Yeah. Like as far as like the laugh numbers go. Yeah, I couldn't. uh, I yeah, I couldn't. uh, I couldn't really predict who was going to go through and who wasn't. Um, I got two out of three. I I assumed Bosquez would. Yeah. Bosquez's set was like easily the best of the night. um, I thought. I thought it was. It was like significantly better than everyone else's. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, the the next the next level down was like, you know, Brian Danley, yeah, Shane Brennan. This is one where if I'm on this, if my name's in this heat, you know, if I'm just for example in in Drew Wilson's spot, uh, I have a 44 inch waist too. Uh, I really, um, I just I just wear short shorts and show it off. I love it. Um, I would be like, oh shit, there's one spot left because I'm like, I think Shane's going through and. After seeing James's set, I was like, "Well, that's going through too." So yeah. I, would, I would be under impression it's going to be when 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 there are people who are had great sets, sets that will get them work, fighting for one spot. Yeah, it's hard. Yep, it is. Whew. But you know, and there's more contest. There's a lot more contest. Yeah, this is coming up Sunday. I don't know if you count that as the third one this week or the first of three next week, but the rare, the only Sunday, seven p.m. That's going to be confusing. 7 p.m. show. I'm looking forward to it. Amanda Arnold's on it. There's a one-namer named Christ, who I haven't seen. <laughs> Bridget Bennett, who did her debut at least nine years ago in the contest, is, is going. Uh, I always love what Bridget, and fucking next Tuesday, I'm up. So it's going to be an exciting week. That's going to be a good week. Uh, you, yeah, you know, Dan, Dan's future picks, he already, you know, mentioned, like, hey, man, highlight Derek Brown, July 21st. Brenda, what are you looking forward to? You're set? Um, well, I like Kyle a lot, so I'm looking forward looking to... Looking forward to Kyle Adams coming up on the Sunday. Uh, comics, this is a podcast for you. If you want to go watch the contest, hot tip, um, you can you can probably, you can probably get a get comp. In. We just asked Shane chill. for his comps. If you so. show up and, and if you sneak a peek and you see a comic They'll that you know who who has have open spots yeah. on their comp, be like, well... If they know you well enough, if, yeah. the, if the club knows you well enough, you could just go. Yeah, and, and they have new people, you know. So yeah. don't don't be an asshole and be like, I used to get in for. But yeah, if you know people, but or mm-hmm. just support the club. Hey, it's worth it. But you know, if you want to get in, get in. If you need a comp for Brendan's round, ask him. You need a comp for my round, ask me. I got comps. I'm the only reason we're here is I want to make sure my guest list is full. That's why we do the podcast. You got any fun stuff coming up, Dan? Uh, I'm doing a show called Telltale on the 22nd. Um, and I'm doing. I've got my podcast. What's more metal? Where Noriko now with shirts? <laughs> no, we've had those shirts for a while. Those were those were given to us by a uh, by a fan. Brendo, we have. We what have are we other, getting shirts from our fans? We have. We, we have Radio Brendo Man shirts. We did a Kickstarter. A lot of people have them. There's even hoodies. How come I don't have one? You didn't contribute to the Kickstarter. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway. I housed you for a year. How's that? So, shirts are expensive. So yeah. good shirts are. We wanted good shirts. We also have other shirts that have Noriko and I on them, fleeing from a burning castle. I'm a wizard and he's a thief on them. So yeah, we have a, we have uh, what's more medals every Monday. We we uh, put it out the next next Monday. I don't know when you're going to release this, but uh, next Monday um, we're doing the a joint day. podcast with. Asheville with Asheville. Shane Brennan and uh, Seth, Seth Allen. 
and it's going to be a fun episode. So nice, love And this is um, not not an afterthought, but definitely we do want to. Hey, if you're out there and you're a friend of the local comedy scene, send some good vibes to oh, Jake yeah, Heaney. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. a if you go to Portland Comics Facebook or pretty much anybody's Facebook. Yeah, it's on my page. There's a link it's to the GoFundMe. It's on mine. Yeah. It's doing the GoFundMe's doing really well, so that's good. It's it's like already like half, more than half. It was at uh seventeen thousand out of twenty five thousand like a little while yeah. ago. Comedian who's He's been, you know, he's been around. He's he's been a a part of the, you know, uh, organizing team for Bridgetown Comedy Festival. He's organizing he Tanker. He's great, and he's and he, he's a sweetheart and a funny dude. It's just like yeah, he's a really good guy. One of the best laughs in Portland comedy. Uh, the last Boy Scout, as I like to call him, yeah. Jake Cutie Huney. And uh, man, he, you know. And this is this is what a fucking trooper was. He was. I found out right before the mic started last night about this. He was on the list. He had signed up for them. That's how sudden it was. So yeah, him and Logan were on the list, and Logan like, Logan didn't tell me what happened. He just said, "I, I can't be there." Yeah, yeah. But fuck. Anyway, lots of love to Jake. Yeah. And this has been a podcast. Thanks for coming on, Dan. Sure, it was fun. Love you, bro. Love you, bro.